We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. On WGR. It is Bill's Football Monday. We're going to get more of your calls in in a moment. We're also going right to the Western Hotline to be joined by our very own Sal Capaccio. His segment brought to you by New York's only outlet, Liquor. When you need to stock up, it's the best place to buy a case. What's your outlet? Good morning, Mr. Capaccio. Good morning, guys. Sal, what happened to the Bill's offense yesterday? Why was it so bad? I wish I could tell you exactly. I don't know, but it was, but everything was. I think the defense was bad too. I don't know. Um, you know, I don't think anything. I think this one was an all around, all around failure. I, I think it was on the offense, on the defense, you name it. They were out coached, outplayed. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Uh, if people think it's on the offense, that's fine. I think it's on everybody. I, I, I think the defense was horrible too. Yeah. Well, all right. Let's start with the offense because, boy, Josh Allen seemingly. Which it felt like he was constantly under pressure, and we're sitting yep. here talking about how you're watching Cincinnati and guys are just wide open for easy throws, and it was so hard for Allen in the Bills' passing game. Yeah, I don't know why um, they they didn't, as as Chris Brown would say, push the easy button. Yeah, there were times where you felt like they could just run a guy out there, play a little pitch and catch, but it seems like everything has to be a grind. Um, they have to force throws in put themselves in second and long or third and medium, third and long, and then you're behind the chains, and it's just it's tough. It's a big grind. But I will tell you, that's the worst they've run the ball in a long time, all year, 63 total yards. Uh, even though it's only 19 carries, their longest run of the day was eight yards. I mean, yeah. I, I agree, throwing the ball was a struggle too, but they had nothing, nothing of a counterpunch to balance that out to at least – allow the Bengals to say, okay, well, they could run on the ball, run the ball on us. And then the biggest advantage I thought the Bills had in this game was their receivers against the Bengals' corners outside. And I've been saying all week, Bengals do a good job of taking away your number one, and they did. They took away Stephon Diggs, four catches for 35 yards. But generally, that means you're going to have other guys who can, you know, step up and be a bigger part. Well, not one wide receiver of the Bills – had more than 40 yards. Diggs had four catches, Beasley three, and after that, nobody had more than two. So they just couldn't do anything in the passing game. Dawson Knox led the way. Devin Singletary and Dawson Knox were the two leading receivers. I have no idea how the Bills did not take advantage of what I think was their best you know, advantage they had on the offensive side, their receivers, like I said, against Cincy's outside corners. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I think, Sal, <laughs> you know, me. in both games, in the Miami game, they win, and they end up, you know, 30-plus points. But in both games, 
Boy, they look confused. I mean, the opposing the opponents did a really good job at whether it was Miami's blitzes or the different pressures yesterday after the game. Mitch Morse and Deion Dawkins, I think, or maybe it was Saffold too. They were talking about the different looks they were getting and DBs mm-hmm. coming in late and seemingly one of the guys talked about like single missiles coming from all over the place. And that's back-to-back games where the opponent really messed up the Bills' offense with creativity. Yeah, they had uh, talking locker room a few guys about some of those things, they brought their nickel. They brought nickel pressure, what they call star pressure, their star linebacker. Uh, they move around a little bit. They brought different things. And you'd think at this time of year, you'd be a little more buttoned up on all that, regardless. Like, even if a team does that and you say, okay, well, this is what's going on, they're just, they never seem to get a handle of it. And I, I think being down 14 nothing very quickly played a very big role in this game, obviously. I don't mean just on the scoreboard, but I think... I think getting punched like that very quickly forced them into almost like, okay, we got to force something here, make something happen. And that wasn't happening. And I think just having them down in the blink of an eye like that uh, allowed the Bengals to maybe even do more of that stuff. And the Bills had no, they had no answer. They had no answer. And it's very disappointing. Let's get connected with our fan. Sal is with us. 803-0550 to join us. Got some lines open if you want to get in. Bob in Syracuse, thanks for holding on. You're on with Sal. Go right ahead. Hey, guys. I have so much to say. I'll just try to keep it as brief as possible. I was at the game. This was actually my first playoff game, but other older Bills fan. I, I never could really go to the games back in the 90s. Just, you know, wasn't in a position to do that. And, then, of course, I was a huge fan during the drought. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I was at the game yesterday, and I tell you, um, it really felt like a drought game. It did. It felt like I was back in 2010. Um, the life was snuffed out of the whole stadium after that first drive. But one of the things I wanted to talk to you guys about, get your opinion, is when you look at the landscape of this year's NFL season, the Bills, I don't think anybody could argue, were one of the top teams in the AFC. I mean, they had three losses. Uh, Kansas City had three losses. Uh, Cincinnati had three losses. And all three of these teams had major struggles during the year from time to time. There was There was times where Cincinnati barely beat their opponents. Kansas City as well. Buffalo had their struggles as well. But what I saw yesterday was, and I was always wondering what the matchup would be like with Cincinnati because we really haven't faced them uh, during these last three years of our run. We don't match up well against them. But more more importantly, like I said, the scheming, I don't think the talent is that different than it was last year. I think in some respects we could be better. But um, – you know, everything is just so labored for us offensively, whereas those two teams that are in the playoffs, everything seems so easy. We can never make a contested catch, whereas their receivers can make a contested catch. Are their receivers better? Yes, they are. But talent-wise, I think we're pretty, we're pretty equal, and I think a lot of it comes down to Dorsey. A lot of it comes down to some of our defensive play calling. And losing Daquan Jones was huge because it was the first time all year we didn't have our nose tackle, and we saw how important he was in a running game. Let me we had nobody over center. Let me let me hop, make any kind of impact. Sorry, let me hop in, Bob. I want to address a couple other things. Thank you for your call. Let's talk about two things on offense, okay? First, we can talk about Dorsey, and then he's the uh, not the first guy this morning who said we have the talent with everybody else on offense. I don't think they do, and I think that was evident the last couple of months um, if you look at Kansas City and Cincinnati's offensive roster. Sal, so how about a two-parter, Dorsey, and then the talent on offense, skill position? Well, I think you just have to look across the other side of the ball. 
to see where the Bills are deficient. I mean, that's a team that has three really, really, really good wide receivers and always has options. I mean, I think the Bills have to really – I mean, you guys say it all the time about getting another receiver. Like, this team has to have more weapons. They have to have more options. They just didn't yesterday. And then the other the other team did. And, you know, E. McDermott talked about how they're, they got in a rhythm when you have those three wide receivers. Well, I think the Bills have to, you know, figure out how to get that. They have to have – to me, it's not about two. It's about three in the NFL now. That that team, they played – excuse me, it's a good blueprint, I think, for how how they should maybe want to build their team, so to speak, what they need, where they're deficient. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Dorsey, yeah, I mean, we could go back and forth, of course. I mean, he didn't have the answers yesterday, that's for sure. The talent on offense, I mean, it's it, – they're still – the Bills still have a very talented roster. I think at this point you can see that, um, you know, they're the third best team in the AFC, the way everything's happening. Kansas City and Cincinnati, whatever order. I think it's clear right now the Bills are the third best team. They also had two very, very big injuries that they lost this year, Von Miller and Micah Hyde. I think the Micah Hyde injury was incredibly significant to this team throughout the year. I really do. Um, anyway, yeah, I, I, I do think they have talent. I think they had star one of the one of the better rosters in the league, but it was depleted a little bit this year. And by the way, the caller is right. Daquan Jones missing him was a really, really big deal yesterday. And I don't think anybody really realized how big of a deal it would be to not have him, but it was a really big deal. On the defense, Sal, you know, Leslie Frazier, Sean McDermott, they've been together for a while. They've had a five year run of tremendous pass defense. Like the resume is very impressive. Was this their worst game? Probably, Jeremy, I'd have to go back and look at statistically. <clears throat> it feels like it because they just made everything easy for Cincinnati. They had no answer. Whatever Cincinnati wanted to do was pitch and catch. It was just pitch and catch. And, I mean, the funny thing is, like, if I, after watching the game, if I asked you how many yards did Burrow throw for, you'd probably think he threw for, like, 350. Yeah. He only threw for 242. Right. Because they didn't throw the ball deep. He, his longest pass of the day was 28 yards. That was it. I mean, they they just made everything so simple. And from a schematic standpoint, from trying to do something, you know, I hate saying, when I say it this way, like, I don't mean like they were scared to play, right? But they just seemed like they played scared against Mm -hmm. that group and did not want to get beat and gave them all the cushion in the world. I mean, there's a third and four in, what was it, maybe early fourth quarter game? Whatever it was. It was early in the game. the third and four, it's funny. Like We've spent so much time talking yeah. about third and 19s and third and 18s, and in this game it's going to be a third and four that yeah. people remember with the seven-yard cushion for Jamar Chase. Because it was, yeah. embl- it was yeah, emblematic yeah, exactly of, it. of the whole day, right? I mean, why are you you're blitzing, right? You're rushing six, and then you're giving a I guy eight yards of cushion uh, when they need four yards for a first down. Yeah, and I, to me that just – to me that – Goes back to playing to not give up the big play, but yeah. you you got to get the ball. You got to stop a first down. I but I don't know. Like I'm not in the huddle. Is that that's got to be a call on defense? Of course, it's got to be a call. So you know, you say, well, it's John Tre'Davious White, but it's on the call, right? It's on Leslie Frazier and what he's calling out there. But either way, um, yeah, I, that just baffled my mind because it seemed like that was the that was the situation all day. Every, it seemed like every time they caught a ball, there was nobody within five yards of them. Right. Let's, um, Sal, with us, we're taking your calls. We're getting connected with our fans. And let's go to Dan and West Seneca next. You're on with Sal here on WGR. Hey, good morning, fellas. Uh, I'd just like to say I think this team has gone 
about as far as it's going to go with McDermott. It seems like uh, every year it comes down to he gets out coached in the playoffs. It, it seems like uh, the other teams just have a better plan and they just execute better. <clears throat> I think um, the timeout mismanagement, uh, no timeouts with six minutes left in the game, uh, punting on fourth and two. I think you got to have faith in their quarterback and, and try and move the ball. And I, I just don't think uh, I don't think he's the answer. I, I know it's hard to move on. He's the best coach we've had in 30 years. But uh, just because he's the best we've had, I don't think he's uh, the best we can do. All right, Dan, appreciate it. I mean, I, obviously they're not – that's just not happening. They they would change up the entire 53-man roster before the Pagulas made a change at head coach this offseason. Sal, what about the coordinator? Because it's not realistic that they're going to move on from McDermott. Well, I can't speak for you. Sal, Sean McDermott – but then what about Ken Dorsey's future? Well, I, I, as I sit here, I can't see them making a change. Anything's possible. Um, he does have, he did have an interview, by the way, to be a head coach as well. Yeah. Um, and, and that was Carolina, I believe. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. Like, I understand. Look, I always say every, <laughs> every city, every fan base, the coordinator is always the lowest hanging fruit. You always go to right to that person. It's the play calling. It's the coordinator. Um, I, I don't think he's perfect. I think he made, there's definitely times where he was growing pains this year. I thought yesterday was a bad day. I don't think that means you have to suddenly fire your first year offensive coordinator who probably learned a lot this year and also did some good things and scored 28 points a game, which was the exact same amount they scored last year. So I'm not going to sit here and advocate for making a change. I, I think though, the way that this game particularly went, the way that you, your season ended, they'll do a full evaluation and see. I just can't see the Bills necessarily doing that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if they do, then, hey, then they obviously feel that in, in, in what would happen. Are you going to change your whole system? Are you going to promote from within and go with Joe Brady and um, you know keep the same system? All those things would have to be things you really have to think about. Josh Allen really has not only known one system his whole time in his NFL career. doesn't mean he can't do it. Other quarterbacks succeed uh, knowing new systems. As I sit here, though, I, I, I'd have a tough time believing they would move on from Ken Dorsey. But certainly anything's possible, especially when your season ends like that. Speaking of Josh, Eye on the Quarterback, brought to you by Great Lakes Building Systems. We keep an eye on your business so you don't have to. Our business is protecting your business. What were your thoughts on Josh's day yesterday? I mean, 25 of 42. There were some nice throws he made. I just thought everything was a struggle all day. And and I'm not going to tell you I think Josh played a bad game. I don't think he did. But there were just times where I felt that it was it was too tough on him. Um, maybe a throw here, throw there. He'd like to have back. I don't think he, he didn't make any critical mistakes. He threw the one interception at that time. He's trying to make a play. Uh, it's late in the game. You know you, that, that you know chalk that up. Whatever. Didn't put the. I don't think he fumbled. Right. I don't no. think he fumbled once. No. Um, didn't put the ball on the ground. So, yeah, it wasn't a. He threw no touchdowns though. This was not a typical Josh Allen playoff game. Um, he was under pressure a lot. Didn't. I mean, he ran eight times, twenty six yards. One thing going back over the last, you know, half of the year, and maybe it's the last, maybe it's since the elbow injury, and then again since the Cincinnati when he got rolled up on too, just didn't have a lot of rushing yards over the last several weeks, and didn't really take off a lot, especially on designed runs until late in the game when they needed it. Um, yeah, so I, I don't think Josh played a very like he didn't play a sensational game. I don't think this loss is on Josh Allen though. I think there were a lot of things that they didn't do to help him out. And it was just a struggle all day for him in the offense. Eight oh three oh five fifty to join us. Bills football Monday. We're getting connected with our fans. David in Cleveland. You're on WGR. Go right ahead. 
Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Um, the one thing that I don't think anybody's brought up that I think is I think pertinent is Brandon Bean's construction of this roster. I think gets a little too much credit, and some of the blunders in the draft I think are being overlooked. I mean, if you look at the 2019 draft, who did the Bills take? Cody Ford. Who went after him? DK Metcalf, AJ Brown. You look at the construction of the the roster Bengals. They went out, got Jamar Chase. They have T. Higgins. They're not giving Josh Allen enough credit or, or enough support, excuse me, to be successful. They're not building around the franchise quarterback the organizations are doing. Look at Philadelphia. And what did they do? They went out in free agency and got A.J. Brown. I did, and look at the offensive line. The offensive line never passes the eye test. You look at the offensive lines of the remaining teams. They're stud offensive lines. What did they do for Mahomes? They reconstructed, rebuilt the offensive line. Patrick Mahomes is not running around for his life. Neither is Joe Burrow. Look at Brock Purdy, not running around for his that, life. That, that was not a stud well, offensive yeah. line they played yesterday. That was not a stud offensive line they played yesterday. No, it wasn't. And that's what makes it, it worse. But that, that's what makes it worse, exactly. And the fact that right, but I mean, but you're talking about the roster construction. That is not a stud offensive line. They didn't construct a stud offensive line there. They went out and fixed it okay. to help Joe Burrow. I'm just, I just want to say, like, you, we gotta, we gotta put things in. If you're gonna say it a certain way, we gotta put it in certain boxes here. Look, I, I do think there's a, I, I do agree with you on the wide receiver point. They have to get a, they have to spend a better asset on a wide receiver, whether that's a earlier pick figure out a way to trade something like they did for Stefan Diggs. There's not a great free agent class. I totally agree. But I will also tell you, I think we could do that with any team drafting. They also dra- He also drafted Matt Milano in the fifth round when no one else did. I think he should get credit for that. I think we could do that with every single GM. You know, that they miss. Everybody misses. Everybody. It's hard. But I, your point's not lost. Like, yes, the roster construction has to be looked at. But I think that's a little bit nitpicky when we're trying to – well, you could do that with 32 GMs and 32 teams. Yeah, I guess you know what, Sal. I'm, I'm for me. I think more about I'm going to focus in on the skill position guys, and either not addressing or not utilizing what you did address. Right? Like, and he, in we were talking about it in the first hour. He's right about Cincinnati and Philadelphia and they Kansas City yeah. adding weapons in the skill position, yep. even though you know you, you're 100%. not bad. And the Bills spend day three draft picks on wide receivers. You know, Gabe Davis, Khalil Shakir, Isaiah Hodgins, who's no longer here. They draft James Cook, and he has 21 catches in 18 games this season. They they trade for Naheem Hines, and he has 13 touches in 11 games. Like, they went out and add speed backs to help the offense and then don't give them the ball, and they don't prioritize bringing wide receivers in outside of Stephon Diggs. Yeah, I don't know what those conversations are when he, you know, was there more of a plan for some of these guys? When you draft James Cook, you'd like to think that there's a big plan for them to throw him the ball and then how much is on James Cook not doing what he's supposed to be doing or figuring out the offense how much is on Ken Dorsey not calling those plays um you know it doesn't have to be that Brandon Bean drafts him and just says yeah I'm just going to draft this guy but we're not going to use him I don't know I think all of that has to go into it you have to and, and then it goes back to the Dorsey conversation um I agree with the caller I'm not trying to be you know mean or rude to the caller I just think that that we could do that with every team but I do agree with the caller that the one flaw on this team right now was very, very evident yesterday. Look at that team you played. Three stud wide receivers. The, the Bills don't have that. And look at look at the Kansas City Chiefs. They do not have an elite, true number one wide receiver. But holy cow, they got weapons coming out of their ears. You know, look at 
the Philadelphia Eagles do. They have A.J. Brown, and they went out and they really made a play for him and you know traded. That's, that really helped them, and they needed to do that. They got a lot of other weapons, too. Um, I think sometimes, and we've talked about this, nationally people have talked about this, people, I, I think that the Bills rely a little bit too much on Josh Allen. There's too much stress on him. It's we have Josh Allen, he'll make everyone better. And while he does make everyone better, he can't do it on his own. They have to take a little bit off him and give him more weapons and give him more people to throw to. You know, one thing, Sal, as we get to the locker cleanout and end of season stuff, I'm very eager to hear from Bean because if there's one thing that he is, he is transparent. He is honest, right? He mm-hmm. gives yeah, he I gives so. good answers. He yep. he'll he'll go so far as to say, I really blew that twenty eighteen draft, something he has said before. And when you talk about Wyatt Teller, he'll say, that was my mistake. Like, he's not one to try and gloss over mistakes. And, of course, they've got to balance what he said earlier, like, I'll be proud of this team no matter what because of the Hamlin stuff. I'm very interested to hear what he has to say because, like you said, I do think this weapon slash receiver, this whole thing has been a conversation all year. And they got so desperate as to have to go to two guys off the street in Beasley and Brown. And I think Bean, if he is in character as what he normally does, he'll own up to it and he'll flat out say that they managed a wide receiver room that he got wrong. And that includes letting Isaiah Hodgins leave. Like, they got it wrong the entire year with this crew. Yeah, I wonder too, Jeremy, if he'll say that. Uh, that will be something early on. Like, we, we are not scheduled to speak to Brandon Bean today. I don't know when that's going to happen. At some point we will. Uh, today we will hear from Sean McDermott again, uh, his normal Monday Zoom after a game. Um, it is locker clean out. I'll be down at the stadium. Joe's going to host extra point show. I'll be with him though. I'll be chiming in and I'll, I'll be down there live with, you know, players in the locker room. Yeah, Jeremy, um, you know, self-reflection and looking back, maybe that does come at some point. Maybe it comes early on when we hear from Brandon Bean, but I'm sure that they're looking over at that other side of the field and saying, those are, that's what you need. I would hope they would say, that's what you need. Maybe they feel, maybe they feel like they had that at some point. I'm not sure in some way. But those weapons that that guy, that Joe Burrow has, and Joe Burrow's great, by the way, right? I mean, he's just, he's he's terrific too. But I mean, you see what they built in Cincinnati, and it goes back to what the caller said. Like they don't have a stud offensive line. They had three of their starters out. Those guys played really well yesterday, by the way, and they bullied the Bills, and that was very very disconcerting, and that's what made it even worse. But they don't have a stud offensive line. But holy cow, they don't need one when you get the ball. You get rid of the ball as soon as you get it, and all you got to do is take your pick because you have three great wide receivers, Hayden Hurst and Joe Mixon, standing there. You can throw in any one of them. All right, Mr. Capaccio, we'll let you do your job today, and we'll uh, we'll be in touch, sir, as always. Okay, guys, thanks. Thanks, Sal. Sal will have locker clean out. Joe will bring you the Extra Point Show from 10 to noon. And uh, Sal's segment with us on our Western Hotline was brought to you by New York's only outlet liquor. When you need to stock up, it's the best place to buy a case. What's your outlet? Ours is taking your calls all morning long on Bill's Football Monday, 803-0550. To join us this morning, you probably need a smile on your face today. Well, the folks at Crosby's can help add a smile to your Bills Football Monday. Start your day. The- Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast listen to every mlb game live the deep left center field it is high it is far it is gone stream minor league affiliates the midwest league home run leader Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Crosby's way. I mean, I think each game's different. You know, you can't draw conclusions from five weeks ago and say it was the same thing this week. It's a completely different team we're playing against. You know, anytime that the defense schemes you up well, they execute well. Um, we got to amplify our level of play too. But you know, in terms of a pattern of things that I see from a team, I don't. You know, I'll leave that to you guys, you experts. <laughs> got the sarcastic you experts thing going already. Dawson Knox. Some of his comments in the locker room yesterday after the loss to the Bengals. Season over, and we're taking your calls at eight zero three zero five fifty on Bills Football Monday. We'll get connected with our fans. Again, we appreciate, folks, uh, some hold times this morning. Thank you for being patient. We're getting to everybody slowly but surely. Kyle in Toronto is uh, next here on WGR. Go right ahead. Hey, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Um, so just a, uh, just a couple quick things. One, I think the, the most frustrating thing for me, and, and it was brought up already this morning, is that fourth and two on our own 20 when we were down 14. And similarly, when we were – at the near the second half, end of the second quarter, where uh, where we didn't go for it even on a fourth and ten, and we punted the ball, it just it just made me realize the the difference between our franchise player, which is of course Josh Allen, who puts everything on the line on every play, is stiff arming safeties, doesn't dive for you know, and takes the extra yard, unlike every other QB in the league, and our coaching staff, who seem to no matter how many times they say they made a mistake last year, they were too conservative, we played prevent defense with 13 seconds left and blah, blah, blah. We just do the same thing over and over again. We talked about the playing back on a third and four, and we gave um, you know 
seven yards of cushion to one of the best receivers in the league. It just seems like Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs are there to play hard. So is Poyer. So is obviously Milano. And our guys are there, and our coaches keep letting us down. And the most frustrating thing is they just all I remember last year saying, we got to do better. We got to be more aggressive. We got to not punt the ball. We got to do this. We got to do that. And then when the when the game's on the line, obviously we were down 14 early, but they just went back to their old tendencies, which is just crawl up in a ball and um, and just let the other team do what they want with us. And, and that that's really, to me, the story of the Bills, is we have the hardest working guys, the most heart out of so many players on the team. Um, obviously, everyone coming around Hamlin was amazing. And I love McDermott for his leadership, for his you know player-centered, but the, the in-game sort of scaredness, it just keeps popping up at the worst possible times. Yeah, I have no problem with that. I didn't like any of the decision-making from McDermott. And you can, right, absolutely cite playoff games and his decision-making each season in different instances in playoff games. Um, you know, it's fourth and ten, right. Okay, why are you punting with 47 seconds left in the first half? Are you punting because we're going to play field position, we're going to get the ball to start the third quarter, so we're not going to score here, but we're not going to let we're going to back them up because we're getting the ball. Get points. Try it. Go for it. What do you got to lose? Your your offense has got like what going on? Try and help them out. Fourth and goal to 7. Field goal. All right, great. So now you're down seven. You need touchdowns. You're playing Joe Burrow. You're not playing Skylar Thompson or Zach Wilson. And I honestly thought it's fourth and two at his own 20. It's his own 20. I get it. I absolutely thought, you know, I think he'd go for this here and not punt it, play field position. Although he did say, I'm guessing they had a fake punt planned. McDermott said after the game, he was asked about fourth and two. Why did you punt? Without getting into strategy, we had something dialed up there. They didn't give us the look we wanted. It got called off. This is a fake I punt. assume they were going to do a fake punt. Or you could do this. Go for it on fourth and two with your quarterback. You know, maybe Josh runs for two yards. Just, you you know, why? Why are you playing? And, and let's just trust our defense. The defense couldn't stop Cincinnati this, all day long. And maybe it'll go too far to make this point, but why are you deciding that if you get a look from your special teams, <laughs> to, you feel like you, you can get two yards? Right. And you're willing to do that. Um can't your offensive coordinator dial up something that gives you a look a at, slant, at, at two anything, yards? A slant? A screen? Anything? A short, quick throw? Joe Burrow's getting the ball coming out fast. You can't do that for two yards? It's it's Yeah, so anyway, to the caller's point, yeah, I didn't... Look, they were, they were just dominant in every facet. As much as we talk about offense and defense, their coaching staff had a terrible day yesterday. The head coach, the coordinators... Everybody had a miserable day yesterday. I didn't like any of those decisions. Let's, uh, yeah, we're good. Okay, let's get to, uh, let's see, we left off here. Tom in San Antonio, you're next here on WGR. Go right ahead, please. Hey, guys, good morning. I mean, you're hitting it all on the head today. Uh, absolutely great calling um, with, with, with everything that went down. But have you guys addressed what happened with <laughs> Stefan Diggs yet? No, go we, ahead. We, just, we, we didn't we, really we, talk about it. We just that. don't know other than he seemed upset and left. Well, because I'm trying to talk to my son about what Stefan Diggs did, and he's looking at the internet, and everybody's talking about, and I'm like, no, that is not a leader. You know, you stick with it. You know, you try to build, and you try to show some kind of resilience. This team has gotten through so much together, and to see, to see him kind of yelling at Allen on the sideline is one thing. Okay, get fired up, but then to ditch out on the locker room, 
He didn't. He was there. He was he was there for Sean McDermott's thing. He went back for McDermott's addressing to the team. He left before the media portion. Yeah. Okay. So what? what so what? So what do we think about that? I have I no think, problem. I've, with it. Don't care. He'll probably talk today. I have no problem with it. I'd be frustrated too. I'd be I'd be mad as hell if I were Stefan Diggs. And okay. I'm a guy in the media who thinks you should talk to the media. I would be mad if I was Stefan Diggs. And you know what? It's probably better to rush out of there than go sit in front of the cameras and rip your teammates in the yeah. anger of the moment. Then we'd be yelling about Diggs not being a good teammate. He's throwing guys under the bus. He decided to just step away, and maybe he will talk at Locker Clean out today. I, I, a great point, guys. Thank you. Uh, have a great day. Yeah, no, okay. I'm, I, I, in, there are people down here in San Antonio are calling him a child. So. No, 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 no. Whatever. That's what, I'm saying. Like that's the national you, media is calling him, you yeah. know, childish and all that. That's how. It, that's how it works. That's the point about hey, you know, you know, it's good to take a time out, you right. know, and, and gather yourself. Right. You know, that's a real good point. So you, at least you guys gave me something to, to counter with today because I'm going to be hearing it. Although the Cowboys did get their butt kicked. <laughs> right. And I don't have any problem if you're, you know, a person that's on the beat that thinks that's Bush League. I think you have every right to yeah. think that, too. Right. Um, right. A leader is yeah. supposed to be there to talk after good games and bad games. And I under I completely understand that. Yep. I'm telling you, if I'm Diggs, look how angry we are about the offense. How about playing on the team? Yeah, I mean, I also think with this general point, leadership is always in the eye of the beholder. Because somebody yells on the sideline, you think, look at him, he still cares. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've got an email here that just oh, came right, in. Right, right, right. I got an email just came in to me about how emotionless the Bills seemed in the fourth quarter. There's a guy that had emotion. Yeah. What maybe he's saying, what are we bleeping doing out here? Right. Is it leadership to just shut your mouth and go along with a team that isn't showing emotion, or is it leadership to speak out in those moments? No, I think you phrased it right. Each person will have a different feeling on that. One person will look at it and go, hey, he's got the fire in his belly. Good for Diggs. And another one will call up and say, that's not being a team player. Right. You can't well, be calling out your quarterback in the, on the sideline with everybody looking. You just don't do it. I have no problem with what happened yesterday. If I were him, I would have been livid. Right. Some would say leadership is taking a player that's not good enough under your wing and bringing them along. And others would say leadership is going to your coaches and saying, this guy's not good enough. Get somebody better. Yeah. Those are both forms of leadership. Whichever one you like better might be the one that you think is leadership. 803-0550 to join us. Off to Joe in Attica next. You're on WGR. Go right ahead. Good morning, gentlemen. Morning. Um, so I've just been reflecting on the season and this game. Um, you know, this is the third year in a row. You know, this team has given me strong vibes of the late 2000 San Diego Chargers. You know, good enough to win your division. You know, we're trying to build a team to win these playoff games. We just can't get it done. And, you know, that, that's roster construction is what I'm seeing. And you've got the Jets. You've got the, the, the Dolphins. You know, these teams are good teams. They've got more skilled position players than we have. Um, you know, they're a quarterback away from being able to beat us. You know, I, I feel like, you know, this was our last chance, you know, with this roster – to make a push for the Super Bowl, and it, it came up short. And I think we really need to look ourselves in the face and say, we need to do something different. And, you know, that comes down to the free agent signings um, and, and definitely skill position players. We are just deficient in skilled, skill position players. We have not drafted any, and, you know, are, is it going to change? Are we going to get better players? Because if not, 
we're going to be second or third in the division next year, struggling to make the playoffs. Well, I don't, I'm not in that a gloomy mood today. I think, well, you know, I think you're 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 right to bring up Miami. Miami skill position players are outstanding, and the Jets have built a very good roster. They have to find a quarterback. That's right. And on that point, like I'm not ready to say the Bills are going to finish second or third in the division next year yet, but this has been a two year thing where not just this last off season, the one before, going back to when the the Bengals draft Jamar Chase, the AFC has been an arms race on offense. And the Bills haven't kept up. No, well, they're third. At best, they're third right now. And and you can make the case, by the way, that the Chargers have some really good skill If you want to go players. just weapons, they're behind the Jets. Yeah. I mean, the Jets have loaded up. Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, who you might be on the way out. Bre- uh, Brees, Brees Hall. is a good like, running back, yeah. Yeah, maybe they're not behind the Jets. No. But it's close. And whether that's the Chargers, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin, Austin Eckler, Eckler. Yeah. you know, you've got teams. You mentioned the Dolphins, the Bengals, the Chiefs. Maybe the Jaguars. And maybe the Jaguars. And this year there will be a draft, and there'll be stud receivers that go, and I'm going to do what I do every year in the offseason, watch how many of these teams in the AFC ahead of the Bills take a receiver and then see the Bills be mock drafted a safety, and I'm going to think, when will you get into the arms race? Yeah. You, in 2020, you were at the top right there with the Chiefs, and your offense is sustained by a stud unicorn quarterback, and you got out of the arms race. You joined in the defensive lineman race, and you're just you're paying the price for it. Yeah. yeah. Every time they get to the playoffs, you'll hear this, oh, the defense is good all year, and then they, go, they show up in the playoffs, they get beat. Yeah, by who? By these offenses. Right. That have passed you, that have Cincinnati, it's not just those three receivers who, of course, are tremendous. I mean, Tyler Boyd is an awesome slot receiver. Hayden Hurst is very good for them. Yeah, they, a they, perfect they, fit. They had a problem. They couldn't cover him yesterday. They had Ozama who left, and they get Hurst and That's bang. Right. Yeah. Better. By the way, Ozama's good, too, and where is he? he? He's in New York. Right. I think to the, call, to the caller's point, look, I think there are two things. Um, I don't, like I said, I'm not sitting here this morning going, oh my God, they're going to be third in the division next year. Um, but there's two things in play here. One, you have fallen clearly behind Kansas City and Cincinnati in the AFC. That wasn't what we thought going into the season. You are clearly third. I know they did beat the Chiefs this year, by the way. Whatever. Kansas City's playing, the Bills aren't. Yep. Again, and, again. And, and five the, years in a row. Five years in a row they're in that game. And the, the, yeah. and the Bills have been there one time. Yeah, by the way, I now hate the Chiefs. And now, I'll be honest with you, I don't like either of these teams because I didn't like the Bengals trolling everybody with the get-the-refunds crap yesterday <laughs> right. either. That was, oh, I don't even want to say what it is. I'll get fined. But the other part of it is, to the division, your point is, is valid from this standpoint. The division, for the last two seasons, in my opinion, was a cakewalk. It was don't even break a sweat. You are clearly the best team in the division. Well, Miami pushed them this year. And if the Jets get a quarterback... Look out. It's going to be harder. It will not be. They're just going to walk to the East. It's a matter of and who do you got to beat to get out of the conference. The division is not a cakewalk anymore. It's now work. And that's, I think, to the caller's point, maybe that's what you were trying to point and that, out. And that comes down to drafts. I mean, what have the Jets done? The Jets were bad, had a bunch of picks, and they have absolutely nailed those picks. Yeah. Sauce Gardner might be the best corner in On football. On both sides of the ball, right. by the way. Both right. sides. Brees right. Hall, second-round running back. The defensive end they got from Florida State uh, with Jermaine Johnston. Like They have nailed their draft picks. Receiver, Garrett Wilson, absolutely nailed it. They might get offensive and defensive rookie of the year, the Jets might. Hmm. You say if they get a quarterback, look out. Meanwhile, in Miami, the good news here is we're all going to laugh at New England. In Miami, <laughs> boy, their coach, man, 
Their coach looks good. Yeah, I think so. Their coach yeah. is the offensive kind of play designer, play caller that Kyle Shanahan is, that Nick Sirianni is. Speaking of the discussion of how other teams scheme guys open, see Miami. Right. And I feel like I'm, with the Bills, I'm not in the arms race of the modern, just blossoming offense right now, whether that's a lack of weapons or a lack of creativity from the coordinator. it's a combination of the two. It, it could be. It could be. And if they, they just might, what, promote from within. And if Dorsey does get the job in Carolina, it's Joe Brady. Okay, he's had some success with guys like Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. But it should it should not even be close to be to being good enough. And it was, it was identifiable for two months that what they were doing on offense, this isn't good enough. 803-0550 to join us. More of your calls coming up in a moment. It is Bill's Football Monday, brought to you by Northwest Bank. For what's next, get started at northwest.com. Yesterday, just that chip on your shoulder. Everyone talking about a neutral AFC championship game, not even thinking about you guys. How much did that motivate you coming into this? You better send those refunds. Of course. You're killing me, Joe. Why did you play that? I know. I, I, I didn't want to hear that. L- listen, I, let's let's call it like it is. The Bills should formally apologize for the NFL scheduling a game. Right? Man, that that really, it's, really pissed me off after the game. They were at Burrow, Zach, to everybody. Every were, Bengals player. They were all doing it. You even heard it there, though. Like, they're all being teed up for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the reality is... I, it's just another example of the winners write the story. Yeah. You win, you get to say it motivated you. You lose, not in story, move on, blah, blah, blah. The, yeah, the win- is anyone going to point out the fact they might have needed something to motivate them for no. an AFC divisional playoff game? They didn't need that. Are you kidding me? How come the Jaguars weren't motivated by every single person on the panel picking Kansas City to beat them? Like, did they not see it? Someone should have showed them that. Hey, we didn't hear that yesterday, just- right? Did we get the Bengals players after the game going, well, you know, everybody expected us to lose. Right. I mean, they were six point underdogs, which. But the whole thing—that's more of a it, motivator, right. isn't yeah. it? It was portrayed like the Bills unilaterally decided, without league approval, to sell tickets to the conference championship game on their own. Right. Like, hey, uh, nobody else is selling tickets, but the Bills are. Screw them! Like that didn't happen. Stupid. It just—I was angry during the week about that story. Joe, don't play any more. I literally would not click on any of the stuff on Twitter yesterday because people were tweeting out Joe Burrow's interview and all this stuff, locker room stuff. I could not handle that storyline. I love you, Joe. If you play it again, we're going to come to blows. <laughs> all right? Just so you know. Do you Although, don't want to hear Zach Taylor No, I don't want to hear anybody he talk. About. No. Although, Joe, my money would be on you if there's a confrontation it's, between the two of us, just so you know. But hmm. to me, there's a there's a... Bit of a moment here as we turn a corner. The stories, you don't have to buy the stories so much. This is, you know, you fall in love with your team when they're doing so well. The Bills win in Pittsburgh, and there's the highlight of Matt Barkley swing, oh, the swinging the coat to music. Renegade yeah. because they practiced to Renegade, and then they win and say, that's why we were ready, is because we listened that's to right. Renegade. Yeah. When you do stuff during the week, then you win the game, you get to say, that's why we won. <clears throat> and winners tell the stories. And for the Bills, you know, we had people calling the post game, the pregame show yesterday, saying this is a team of destiny, and mm. you want to believe all that stuff. But at the end of the day, are you better than the other team? The Bills love humble and hungry. They got waxed by cocky and swagger. Yeah, they really did. Yeah, I know. So you know, have all these sideline stories. They're nice. They're filler. Did you win? Like honestly, Demar Hamlin's famous quote: "Did we win?" Right. That's what he. That's what he cared about. 
They've been through a lot. It was a tough season. It was taxing, moved home games. All that stuff is still true. But that doesn't mean you're going to win because of it. It's just background stuff that they have to deal with on a personal level. And if they come together, that's great. And if they don't throw each other under the bus, that's great. But did you win? No. Yeah, and and you just... It's weird. By no means is a Super Bowl window closed. No, but not at all. As opposed to after two years ago in Kansas City, as opposed to last season in Kansas City, this one feels like you went further back you're falling, away from a Super Bowl. You're, yeah, you fell like back a little bit. You're going in the wrong direction. It doesn't mean you're toast. It doesn't mean you're blowing up the roster. It doesn't mean the GM and the coach have no none of that. But it just feels like, okay, you're going backwards now. What the heck went wrong? How did you go from Super Bowl favorite, blowing people out in the first month, rolling to, oh, yeah, I think you're the third best team in the AFC now. What the heck are you going to do to get better? 803-0550. If you're on hold, hang on. We have an open segment coming up. We're going to get to uh, your phone calls as we continue on Bills Football Monday. And that, of course, is brought to you by Northwest Bank. For what's next, get started at northwest.com. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.